Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth. Of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. How are you doing, Tom? Fantastic. Are you How are good, you? Are you having a good Easter? I'm I love having Easter. a great Easter. Easter is so it's it's just beautiful. Always is. Yeah, I just I mean I love the Easter baskets and the Easter bunnies. Heck yeah, man! I love the Easter vigil. Who doesn't like an Easter? I basket? know it's just it's it's a good package. Yeah, I love the whole thing, and I just I love being able to say Hallelujah again. I love Amen. the Gloria, hearing the bells and the smells and the yeah. flowers. It's 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 a cool it's a cool time in the church it and is. uh it's why we love doing it every year absolutely uh and you know it's interesting uh, i had a kind of an easter moment can't wait to hear about it yeah it kind of a resurrection i guess as it were as a uh, i had an opportunity i was uh, uh i was preaching to some uh, high school kids okay and uh you know and it's one of those kinds can you say t- saint benedict on the air no, I'm not going to say St. Benedict because okay. I don't want them to know where it was. So, okay. so we don't. We'll, we won't say that. Okay, good. But, but, but here's the deal. Um, it's one of those kind of things that kind of cropped up in like uh, w- the way we have to do the. We do some chapel masses there. We're not the entire schools together, but we do the entire school Sections. over a period of a of a week, gotcha. right? And so there's two masses this day. Yeah. So it's like you've got basically five days and you know ten masses, kind of a thing that's kind of laid out. Actually, yeah. it's nine masses, but. Every day, different readings, mm-hmm. which means every day, different homily. I mean, different readings. You know? you and you could probably say, I know that uh, the readings say this, but we're going to talk about baseball, you know, or we're going to talk <laughs> about whatever. And it's like, I no. just, you know, I'd like to be informed by the Holy Spirit or whatever. So not a lot of time to prepare. So, uh, you know, I just like pray to the Holy Spirit. Now I don't just walk in and go like, I wonder what the readings are. I, I do read them <laughs> the night before and go like, Come, Holy Spirit, you know, help me figure out what we're going to talk about today right. and, and how it's going to apply to these kids. I mean, we have such an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, with these young people. And, and I, it's one of the things I love about being assigned as a campus minister at a high school. Right. I remember, Tom, we've done the, we've talked about the St. Leo's lunch that we've had yeah. at, at our parish and, and all of the men of the diocese would come together. And I, and I remember ta- preaching or teaching one time in one of those lunch meetings where you know, talking about lamenting that, you know, like, we're really, we're, we're, we're I'm basically, we're, we're correcting things and we're helping people that are in a state of, you know, disarray and, right. and brokenness and mm-hmm. confusion and, and issues. And that's what the church does. And that's a beautiful thing. And I remember saying one time, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could just sort of swim upstream and kind of catch all this stuff before it happens? Yeah. And what's amazing is when you say things like that, even if you don't say them out loud, Somehow God hears them, mm-hmm. and He says, "Oh, hey, got a volunteer, high school, go to high school." You <laughs> there know, you go. and so here I'm in the high school, and it's been so cool to be able to, I don't know, put my money where my mouth is. Yeah, right to say, "Okay, Holy Spirit, we're talking to some some listeners, we're some upstream. sponges. We're upstream. We're, we're upstream because mm-hmm. they go too far upstream. You got little kids, and that's beautiful too. Mm-hmm. But they're they're very attentive. They listen, but like yeah. by high school, they forgot. Oh, oh they got rights." Right, you know, they've already decided they're adults. This is what they believe. This is what they think, and what they feel. And so, it's a neat opportunity. So, as I'm, uh, you know, reading the gospel and proclaiming that gospel to them, it's interesting how it, it went uh, for me because the the gospel was from John chapter eight that I was reading to them, mm-hmm. and uh, and essentially at the beginning of it, 
we have Jesus saying these words that if you remain in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. It's a little paraphrase, but it's, it's, you know, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free if you remain in my word. Uh, and you'll be truly be my disciples. I was kind of paraphrasing a little bit there, but the key is there, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the Holy Spirit just kind of whacked me upside the head with the concept of truth. Okay. And I thought, wow, we need to talk about the truth. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and certainly how can it set you free? Mm-hmm. So I preached about that, but as I was sitting there thinking like, um, you know, you usually text me and say, hey, uh, we're recording tomorrow, right? You know? <laughs> and uh, it's like, and I usually go, yeah. Yeah. Not sure what about, <laughs> but we're recording. And then the, then the prayers get, you know, raised up to the Holy Spirit. And thankfully the Holy Spirit does smack he you. He does. He does. And he smacks me good. And, uh, and so, you know, hearing that, if you remain in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I just was focused on that truth thing, and it just it started to flood into me these other images, and and actually several of them come from the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. He speaks, Jesus speaks about the truth a lot, mm-hmm. uses that word, and, and so it's like, I, I, it, first of all, I I envisioned, you know, we'd just been through Lent and and certainly Holy Week, and one of the things my family does on Good Friday is we we like to watch. The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson's movie, right? Because it's like a living Stations of the Cross. It's a very immersive it experience. <laughs> it's very difficult, you know, to watch. It even is. every the number of times I've seen it, and there's a really haunting scene in there where um, it, it comes from the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. and it's where Jesus is at the Praetorium. He's essentially on trial there with Pontius Pilate. Mm-hmm. Pontius Pilate recognizes there's something different about Jesus, and things aren't going to go so easily for Pontius Pilate and the Jews or Jesus. And he's like, uh, let's go back here into my chambers. I want to talk about this. And that's the part where Jesus um, says these words. So he says, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. Mm-hmm. Right? And then um, it's so beautiful that, uh, you know, Mel Gibson, how he portrayed Pontius Pilate, sort of, and he says, truth. What is truth? Mm-hmm. And that's like a rhetorical question. Right. You know, but and what I love about that, it's like, you know, we have not answered that question in 2000 years mm-hmm. because they were asking that same question back then. And today we think like, oh, today is so modern. We have all these answers or whatever. But is that not the world we live in, a world that like clamors for the truth yeah. or claims that there is no absolute truth and no immutable, unchanging Good truth? Point. Good point. And, and and so it's like it made me think and, and I'm not so much preaching to high schoolers anymore but all of us need to sort of stop and think like what do we believe mm-hmm. what is truth what is truth we we need to actually play the part of Pontius Pilate here a little bit and ask ourselves what is that mm-hmm. because so many of us have, have decided things right we live in a world where people want you to believe that truth is changing mm-hmm. or how many times have you heard well that may be true for you right but it's not true for me. I hear it all the time. I know, and and you see that you, you, especially with high school kids, right? But it 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 bleeds into the millennials, oh, yeah. and then it filters into the rest of the world. Yeah. And yeah. and these high school kids and these millennials are going to become the future of tomorrow, right? And if they think there is no truth, I can't imagine what the world's going to be like in twenty years, thirty years, yeah, right? And so we need to set about finding the truth and discovering what truth is, and answering the question: Can it be found? Mm-hmm. Right, because 
you know, I posed this to the kids. I said, you know, if if I teach that if I if I believe in the United States of America that one plus one equals two, mm-hmm. and then I get on an airplane and I fly to e- England, mm-hmm. and they say, well, no, it's it's just one plus it's it's three. One plus one is three. It's like was that Australian or I don't know what it was. It doesn't matter. It was a bad. It was a bad accent. A bad attempt. But the point is, it's like well, we believe it's three here. It, that may be true for you there. It's like well, like you you look at that and go like, well, that's nuts. Right. I mean, it can be proven. It's demonstrated. I can show you. So it's true everywhere. Well, it should be. Right. But we live in a world now that teaches you things aren't necessarily the way you thought they were. Mm-hmm. Right. So you think about every hot button issue in the world today. Yeah. Right. You think about human sexuality. Yeah. Right. You think about uh, gender identity mm-hmm. or gender uh, theory. Or, you know, the, whatever the latest uh, expression. You think about things like climate change. Mm-hmm. Right. You think about political ideology. You think about marriage equality, and you you think about things like abortion, right? Or or women's rights, and you you start to look at these things, and and you go. What's right and what's wrong? How do I discern? Because people are impassioned, right? And I'm not the, the point of this show that we're doing right now is not to answer the questions to all of those things, right? But at the heart of all those mm-hmm. is what word, truth. truth, right? Figure out what is. Do you ever wrestle yourself with with what is true? I and, think everybody does. I mean, but does it paralyze you? Because it paralyzes me sometimes. Does it really? Yeah. How so? Well, so like if I'm trying to decide in a, at a moment, mm-hmm. like what should I, should I turn left or right? And I don't mean that in terms of like literally driving or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like deciding, should I, should I reprimand my child at this point in this way? Should I, should I stand up and say, this is wrong? Do I know right. that it's wrong? Right. Is it wrong in every case? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say that happens to me all the time, and I'll say it happened to me a lot more earlier in life, mm-hmm. and I think I know why. But for most people, you're right, we, 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 we can even get paralyzed. Yeah. So much so that I think that we end up just shutting down, and we don't try to discover the truth. Right. Because, see, if we, if we want to you find the wishy-washy. truth. become wishy-washy. Right. Or we become, I'm right, you're wrong, no matter what. In and the discussion. And I'm, I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah. Think about the world we live in now, what's happening on college campuses, which were supposed oh, to be polarized. bastions of free speech and, and demonstration, whatever. Now it's Everybody like, hunkering down, it's oh polarized. yeah, if I don't like what you say, we're shutting you down. Right. We're going we're gonna, to shout you down. Right. I'm not going to allow you to speak. Blah, 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 blah. You know, remember in the high school, high school you know, when you were, oh, yeah. you were a kid in the playground, you put your hand over your ears mm-hmm. and went, la, la, la. You know, I, I refuse to listen. Right. And unfortunately, that's crept into our... Uh, into our civilization mm-hmm. so that we no longer have civil discourse. Right. Right. And so all those important issues we should be discussing, mm-hmm. the right and the wrong of it, we don't discuss anymore. Right. And that's a problem. It's unhealthy. Right? Well, and again, it comes down to this thing of like, what is truth? Mm-hmm. What, are we, what, are we, what is truth? Now, Jesus answers that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. he, he says, also in, the, in, in John, Mm-hmm. Right, the, the Gospel of John, in, in chapter 14, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. So he identifies himself as the truth. I mean, so right. that, that's the answer to the question. Right. But, you know, when we're searching for right answers and moral right and moral wrong, it's sometimes hard for us to kind of figure out, like, well, what do, what do I do? Where do I go? What, how do I find this truth? And then how do I live it? Right. Right? 
So I have the answers to all of those things. Of course. That's well, you know. And that's I bet what you we, we do have here. to wait. We have to wait. It's never going to be like right now. We right? have to have the most truthful person of all on this uh, show. My wife. Yes. Yeah. She's gonna, she has to interject first. She's going to talk about Ignatian fruits, and she's going to talk about, uh, you know, discerning, like, whether this is God's will or not. So that's oh, kind of like truth. Stuff, yeah. That's kind of like being open to it whatever. Is. So. Uh, we're going to hear my wife, Beth, in just a second. But before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd like to hear from you. Uh, send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And if you've got some truth that you want to communicate to me, perfect. send that email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Beth Drzemski. And this is another great moment in church history. How do we determine that we are following God's will? Perhaps if it is virtuous, then God wants us to do it. But if it is a pious, good, and virtuous act, is that enough to tell us that God has willed it to be done, and it is what He wants for us? This can get tricky. But St. Ignatius of Loyola can help. St. Ignatius of Loyola was a Spanish saint born in the late 15th century who became the principal founder and the first superior general of the Society of Jesus, better known as the Jesuits. St. Ignatius devised a simple test for determining God's will in our lives. He tells us that we must look at the fruits of what we are doing. That will tell us whether or not God willed it to be done. If it has good fruits peace, harmony, and happiness, then it is more likely that we are following the will of God. If it has bad fruits, discord, pain, and disharmony, then it is more likely that we are not properly discerning God's will in our lives. A man wakes at 4 a.m. every day and spends four hours in prayer, which would ordinarily be viewed as a virtuous act. But if he is married, he may encounter a wife who becomes angered by the fact that he is no longer helping her get the household ready for the day, making breakfast and bathing and dressing the children. St. Ignatius would tell us that because of the bad fruits of his morning ritual, the upset wife, the disharmony in the household, the man might be being influenced by the evil one, Satan, who often comes to us in the guise of light. St. Ignatius would suggest that if the same man prayed the same amount, but at times of the day more in accord with his family's schedule, the fruits might very well include a more harmonious household and a happier wife. Thus, St. Ignatius would tell us that this was truly following the will of God. So often in our daily lives, we need affirmation that the road we have chosen was indeed the one that God had intended us to take. While the world may tell us one thing about the choices we make, the fruits of those choices cannot lie. We need only to take the time to examine our actions and their results to determine if God was truly served in carrying them out. Because of his life dedicated to the good fruits of a faith-filled life in Christ, St. Ignatius was canonized a saint in the year 1622. His feast day is July 31st. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and 
I'm sitting here with Tom Doring. Doring. <laughs> <laughs> you know I've what? been called worse. I, li- I like to put it all out there. I like to let people know that I'm just an ordinary fellow like everybody else. There you go. It's just that the bishop put his hands on my head and <laughs> changed my soul forever. It's awesome. Other than that, I'm like, a, I still say Doring. <laughs> and like everybody else, I struggle with some things. Yeah, my family prefers Dorian. <laughs> Okay, that sounds like a good one. Maybe I'll you try like to that? use that. I like the Dorian because that just sounds more entertaining to me. But Sorry, all that no. aside, I've answered worse. Tom and I are talking about truth. Yes, sir. Right, truth be told, uh, and we're talking about um, you know Pontius Pilate mm-hmm. asking that rhetorical question: "Truth, what, what is, is truth? truth?" Right, and that still rings true today. That question is still profound uh, today. You know, especially with uh, folks looking around the world trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong. What should we do? What shouldn't we do? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the right move here? What's the right vote? What's the right process? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think we ended the last segment just talking about the fact that Jesus has that answer. First of all, he defines himself as the truth. He, mm-hmm. he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so if we know that answer now, it's, it's hard for the world just to accept something. Mm-hmm. You know, I like it. I think a lot of people look at the scriptures and go like, yeah, that was, that's a 2000 year old thing. And, you know, you have to get up with the times and realize the times change, et cetera. But again, even, and you know, sometimes even good Christian folk will say things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the church needs to get up to date. Yeah. And I, and I, I just like, I cringe when I hear that. It does make you cringe. I smile and pat them on the head and tell people, you know, that I love them still. But I, <laughs> it's just, it's hard for me to hear that because I start thinking like, I don't want to believe First of all, in a God that doesn't tell the truth, right? I, I don't right. want to believe in a God because in scriptures he says, you know, that he's the same yesterday, today, right. and forever. Not change. Right? He doesn't change. He is the definition of truth. So truth doesn't change. Right. Right. Right? And and so So it would make you cringe. It does it makes me cringe with I don't want to believe in that God, but also don't want to believe in some kind of shifting sands of truth. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be in that church Mm-mm. that you just like, well, I just kind of define my own truth. Right. Well, I mean you know, maybe, maybe I'd like to be, the, you know, the church of Jeff, mm-hmm. you know, and start having Jeffites, you know. That'd be scary. Yeah, it would be scary. I, I don't recommend that. No. Don't don't go to that church. Mm-mm. And the Catholic Church is just fine. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's great. In fact, it's what God intended. And so, you know, and, and, and I, kinda, I guess I want to kind of shift to that concept because a lot of people say, like, well, how can I discern the truth? Where can I find the truth? Mm-hmm. Right? Because, again, I keep tabs on social media i don't live on it but i i really do spend time a little bit of time kind of scrolling through twitter just to kind of see where people are mm-hmm. right and and uh, i try to get all kinds of different points of view and so many people are now putting up all these these you know charts mm-hmm. that and i look at one chart and go like yep we shouldn't there should be no guns on the planet mm-hmm. then I look at another chart and go like yep we need to have guns <laughs> and it's like all there's just so much out there right right and how do you figure out right and wrong and and uh and all these things and and everyone's in crazy places and everyone's just like shouting all this stuff from the mountaintops right uh, what they believe to be true and so people think like well where do you go and find the truth mm-hmm. now people don't want to hear this but here we go. If you believe that Jesus is God, mm-hmm. if you believe that what Jesus said was and continues to be true, if you believe that that Jesus started a church, mm-hmm. then you would have to believe that he did that on purpose 
and with some kind of plan for the future. He had more than just a, you know, like, I guess I'll, what are you doing today? I'm, I'm going to build a church. It was more like a, you know, five-year plan, 10-year plan, 50-year, 5,000-year plan, mm-hmm. an eternal plan, mm-hmm. right? That he, he, he planned to build the church. And there, there's something a lot of people kind of forget. Uh, even good Catholics mm-hmm. will forget what happened when, when Jesus was preparing his apostles for the time when he would not be walking with them, mm-hmm. right? And, and what does he say to those apostles? He says that, and this is before he ascends into heaven, he says to them that he's going to send the advocate, and he's right. talking about the Holy Spirit, right. right? He calls him the spirit of truth, mm-hmm. and he says, I'm going to send him. So he can't come while I'm here. He's going to come after I leave, but I'm sending him. That's why I have to go. Because he's going to come here. And then he says these words. He says, but when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. Right? That's John chapter 16. And it's like, okay, so this is important. So this is before all this stuff happens. And they're like, they're kind of taking all this stuff in. He hadn't even been crucified yet. But, mm-hmm. but the point is, he knows he's setting up a plan. Mm-hmm. And he's going to send the Holy Spirit to lead the apostles the church into all truth. Mm-hmm. Not some truth, not partial truth, not kind of uh, changing, fluctuating, all flexible truth, truth all truth, mm-hmm. eternal truth, unchanging truth. And so that's like, we need to understand Jesus said that because what that means then is that the church that he started is going to be true. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for like truth in this modern day, Find the 2,000-year-old church that's still here, right? Find the church that has survived the test of time. Find the church that Jesus founded, and it will contain the truth because literally the church is the mouthpiece of God. Mm-hmm. It's not a bunch of old guys with pointy hats hiding in the Vatican with, with big cigars. Like, how can we inconvenience people more, <laughs> right? How can we ruin their lives? It's, it's, not, it's like, it's, now there are some old guys <laughs> who smoke cigars probably in some dark room in the Vatican because right. that's because they don't know how to turn the lights on or whatever, save money or something. But, but, the, but the point is, the truth is in the church and in the teachings of the church. That's why the church doesn't change the teachings with the times to say, well, you know, we know people are going to get divorced. Therefore, we just need to like, forget that rule about that or right. you know, about, about receiving Holy Communion or whatever. And that's why the, the church is always in the fore, always in the forefront, always in the middle of the battle of the changing times, as it were, the, the moral truths. And the church still sticks to her guns and says, look, this is the truth. It's not changing. Right. Now, this has got to be done in love. Right. You're but right. we need to understand that truth can be found. Mm-hmm. And see, I, I do want to spend a few minutes here on this other concept that, that Jesus says, uh, in this John chapter 8 passage where he says, if you re- remain in my word. Because again, if you want to know the truth, remain in his word. Mm-hmm. The scriptures, mm-hmm. the, the teachings of the church. Mm-hmm. But then he says, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, most people when they ask about like things that are ultimately true, they end up binding you, right? Mm-hmm. So like the laws, the rules of the church, the teachings of the church, people see them as restrictive and, and binding. Mm-mm. And the truth is that's not what they, they're freeing. They are. See, and that truth sets you free. People don't understand that. Like when you, when you are like living in the divine will, when you are living what God intends you to live, you don't have to worry yourself. That's right. You don't have to, you, the choices are a lot easier. Which is totally freeing. It's like, okay, so behind door number one, mm-hmm. right? And then behind door number two, it's like you get x-ray vision 
And you know that behind door number one is the clinker. Don't get number one. <laughs> right? Because the truth says, like, it's, it's number two. That's where I need to be. And you make that choice. It's an easy choice to make. Right? And so when you're faced with the realities of temptation, you're faced with, uh, you know, the, with the lust, with the pornography. You're faced with the temptations uh, to addictions like alcohol and things. When you're, when you're faced with these issues, and then when you're faced with the moral dilemmas. Mm-hmm. You know, your child's pregnant. Your girlfriend's pregnant. What do we do? Right? The, it's, it's freeing to know that there is a moral compass. There is a moral right that God set this in play not to restrict and hinder and hurt and harm and punish you, mm-hmm. but to liberate you. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is kind of awesome. That is awesome. And I think far too many people see all this restriction. They see, they see hatred. right? And, and, and that's why the church gets labeled as a hater. Yeah. Well, you won't let these people get married, or you won't let these people do this, or, you know, and you want this child to have this baby, and all these things that make it sound like the church is just this, this warmonger, this hater of, of humanity, when in fact it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. I love you so much. God loves you so much that he makes this path clear. He takes the obstacles away, and then he knows that you're going to fall, and he gives you these great graces and these sacraments to lift you back up and literally to have his angels carry you through life. That's right. Amen. Man, that's pretty cool stuff. That is cool. Right? And so that's why I think truth is important, and I think why we should be paying attention to the truth and not fall into that trap of thinking like, well, that may have been true 50 years ago or even 1,000 or 2,000. Well, you know, they didn't count women back then, so that's so women didn't matter. So now we need to have women priests. You can't think like that. Probably, probably off subject, but I got to ask, how, how, did, how was it received? Could the you homily? Tell, yeah, the, the, the high schoolers. Um, you know what? I think, I think I was blessed to see a positive reaction. Oh, good. Well, because here's another thing. I got it. Uh, you know, we, the, our, our entrance and our exit song was Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. And I chose that specifically that today because I wanted to make sure that this was all done in love. Yeah. It's like, and so the way I would present it is like, like you guys need to understand. Instead of that, it was like, look, you, we have a lot of choices to make. And, and, and I want to choose the truth. I want to choose the thing that's going to be easier and more blessed and allow me the opportunity. And I think they recognize it like, okay, he's not out to get me. Beautiful. And that's what we need to understand about the church. She's yeah. not out to get us. Beautiful. She loves us, and she wants to carry us to the finish line. Amen. Well, let's ask our blessed mother, Mary, to pray on our behalf, to intercede on our behalf, and help us get to that finish line. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.